Hi everybody, it's Penny here again, ready to talk about Molise, Molise Matters. As Mary Poppins used to sing in her song, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. So today I'm going to start with the letter A. And this is a village down in the um, part of Molise which runs down towards the coast. So really not far from the Adriatic band of coastline which stretches along one edge of Molise. And this is Acquaviva Collier Croce. Uh, and this is a small Molise town linked with Croatia and it sits alongside two other villages, Monte Mestro and San Felice de Molise, and they're, as I said, down by the Adriatic coast. And it's also not far from the rivers, either the Biferno River and the Trigno Rivers. This is, a, this is a village which is steeped in history because it has very, very, very strong links, as I say, to, to Croatia, and it even has its own language there as well, which is a version of... Croatian. They have a word which, words or phrase which I'm afraid I'm probably not pronouncing right. So please forgive me, everybody that knows the language. It's Nazo or Nazjedzik, which means our language. So my apologies for not pronouncing that right. I'm sure I'll put it right the next time I'm there and able to find out better how to say it. I did visit this village briefly the other day and I have had some messages from the Comune there, so thank you for them. And I'm looking to find some recipes out about this area as well, as I indeed will be writing about recipes all the other ver- the regions of and towns and villages I visit in and around Molise at some point either later this year or next year. So back really to the to the story of Aquaviva Colecrocho. It's uh, 13th century uh, and even possibly before, and it has it has I say connections to. Uh, the Croatians um, who who came to live in this area came from from other part from literally across the sea and across land to to get to this part of part of parts of Molise. They they are different dialects in each of the three um, three three of these towns, um, and it's a proud boast I think for for little towns right in the middle or, or in the middle of Italy. To, to have their own, their real own language, although each, each village and each town here does have its own language. Something is fascinating as you drive around. Many of the local families can trace their roots back to the 12th century, and, and many others came later in the 15th and 16th century. There's a, there's a link with this town to the, um, the, the order of the Maltese cross, to, to the... Um, to the Knights Templars, and even in the church, there's something called a, a magic square, or a medieval version of the magic square, which is a square um, of little blocks, and then it's got letters written inside it. Um, even now, nobody's really quite figured out what that was and where that came from. It, it makes five words in a line which makes up some, some words which can be written the same backwards and forwards. But I said nobody's really quite figured out exactly what that was. Even, even historians, local historians like Franco Valente and others. 
The town's name then, it means living water. And of course, it's undoubtedly the fact that there is so much water in that area. It, it, they have um, a number of fountains in the town itself. There's one on the west side, two more in the centre, or three in the centre, actually. And and then two more. And one, one the lovely name of one is Le, the Okiovit, which actually means brandy, which I think is rather sweet. I don't know where she tastes like brandy. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to try it. So I'm not entirely sure about that. So I said, I think, but perhaps, again, like like most, visiting most of Molise, the thing, the, the thing that really does grab you is, is its diversity. And this area is particularly famous for its for its um, agriculture. And, and as you drive around the area, you... You you'll see the, the the hillsides are literally blooming with with vegetation, olives. Now everybody's scrambling in to scramble around the hillsides, collecting their olives to to make olive oil, which again is famous in this area. They take it down to the Olifico, which is the the place where the wine press, not the wine. I'm sorry, the olive presses are, and the and and the olives get chucked into a great big that and then down through the machinery and out of the other end dribbles this beautiful golden olive oil and uh, we did it ourselves last year although fortunately this unfortunately this year we don't have enough olive oil to do it uh, but certainly in this area of, of Aquavivia Croce, there is a, a lot of olive oil produced and there's also wines made on the hill wines too made because there's many many acres of vineyards stretch across this region too I noticed when I went the other day something which which um, attracts me as I I fancy myself as being a bit of an artist is uh, is the um, the wall murals and there's a lovely one outside the bar in in um, Aquavilla Colicrocio which is quite quite funny quite humorous. That's another thing which kind of brings the 21st century to to life in these older towns. Colicrocio has has an interesting church uh, as i mentioned that's where the where you'll find this magic square uh, which is which is interesting in itself it's it, it's a village it's a village which i suppose is not one of the most beautiful in in Molise, but it's interesting because of its history and because of its link with with those three other towns which which is so incredible, as I said, right in the centre of Molise, that you can have have something that has its very own language, uh, and and something which 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 really gives gives it its own identity. And I think too that that is one of the most amazing things about every one of the 136 towns in Molise. Each one has got its own identity. Aquavilla Colicrocio has a festival in May, which which celebrates a pagan festival, which where they call the Festa della Maya, and they create this kind of strange figure of made of leaves and flowers and parade it through the town and that's to promote a good harvest. Of course the harvest like I said is so important in all the regions but particularly along these regions and on the coast. And uh, here in particular there's there's a particular types of figs that are grown and also fennel as well if you're one that likes fennel in your salad very tasty particularly particularly delicious from Malise I think. I never I didn't even used to like before I came to live in Italy but here it seems to have a flavour all of its own that's so different to to 
to the certainly to the fennel that you can find in England and even eaten fresh it's so good I said it joins these aqua colicrocha joins on one side with palata another side castomaro and then guadalfiera taverna and san felice de molise montimetro all these areas are just not really that far from the sea and this is this ribbon of of of, of the adriatic which stretches along one side of molise and it really is a ribbon of beach if you like there's not a very wide wide area of beach but if you're one that likes to to lay on the beach and sunbathe you'll certainly find plenty of places there that you can do that but i'll go on to that on another in another podcast as i actually as i said i drove to this area the other day and it's and as I mentioned again, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, it is a diversity. Driving across from here, where I am in the brilliant sort of in the centre of of Molise, in above Lucito, here we have undulating hills and the mountains in the distance. When you get down to Colia Croce, um, the Aquaviva Colia Croce, and these other areas, you have mountains huge mountains in the distance and these you can literally the other day we could see snow on the top of them and that really lifts my heart because for me I might like to gaze at the undulating waves on the on the Adriatic but what lifts my heart is the sea and that's something here in Molise that you can do you can actually stand on the beach and see mountains in the distance what can be more amazing with that and 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 just the other day they are now snow-capped and of course the snow will continue as it's does grow colder um, over this part of the of the year. The leaves too are beginning to fall, which even around these villages are very much in abundance. The trees were turning turning from from green to golden and every shade of brown and orange. And this this is very very evident in every area of Molise now. And the, the the types of trees that you get are very hugely in the areas. Of course, in this area down towards the coast, there are not so many areas of, of dense forest as you get in the north and the middle areas of Molise, but there is still some forest around. Otherwise, you see, you've got the olive trees, acre and acres of ancient olive trees. They're twisted trunks, which if only they could tell stories, would tell you the stories of those people that have wandered around over and past them and round them over so many years to think too that the olive trees grow so slowly literally really really do they're such a slow growing tree and when you can see one with with a with a trunk that you could put your arms around rather than just a hand you have to realize that these trees are 50 60 70 80 even 100 years old and they're probably still and certainly definitely still producing olives these trees are cared for in most cases or so sadly now as one drives around Molise, there are more and more acres of abandoned olive groves this is something which is deeply 
saddening for want of a better word really when one sees this area and how much it is in decline the olive the olive trees though in this area particularly this area down towards the coast are mostly well looked after and as we drove around as i drove around there just a couple of days ago we could already see people starting to to gather in their olives uh, which they do they uh, let me describe this process to you i mentioned that when they're picked they take them to something called the olifico which is the olive pressing plant but before they're able to do that there's the there's the laborious task of picking them and that is very back-breaking and certainly hard work it used to be something that was very much a family enterprise although sadly now with the passing of time the there is a, a breakdown here too in the in 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 families and it is now not such a big family occasion as it used to be uh, but so again, what you have to do is you have large nets, usually green, very fine nets, which are set down and pegged in place under the trees, probably one or two trees at a time. These are pegged in place so that when the olives fall from the tree, they, they fall down onto these nets and these nets can be gathered up and then emptied into into baskets or boxes to be taken for your lipical. Many, many people, obviously people that do it on a large scale, have got this machine which shakes the tree. So it's not a question of standing there vigorously shaking the tree yourself. It's a question of literally attaching this little motor to the tree and it goes and shakes the tree. Uh, and then the olives, they fall to the ground. You still have to do a bit of picking, reaching up and knocking the more... The more um, tenacious olives down to the ground and so then they're gathered up and put into baskets or boxes and taken to the lifical to produce litres and litres of beautiful goldeny green olive oil. Even when you've done one tree you've got to go on to the next and the next and the next and it depends how many trees you've got as I said it, it is quite a laborious program, uh, process they do tend to lob off branches too just before they start this process to allow easier access to the trees and then later in the year the, the trees are then cut back sometimes quite viciously to to encourage new growth for for the following year and more oil more oil to be produced there are litres and litres of olive oil um, produced here in, in Molise, thousands of litres. And Molise is an incredibly famous area for the purity and quality of its olive oil. So uh, something which, which if you're interested in, you can, you can find out more about. Or you can even contact me if you want to know about some places where you can get the olive oil from. It's... it's it, Sometimes it, one wonders why it's perhaps olive, the olive, olive, olive oil is valued so much. But here in Italy, of course, it's, it's very much part of life. It's almost, almost in their blood, I think. We use it, of course, in the UK and across the world. And olive oil is something which we value so much more because it's much healthier for us. But I won't go on to that now. The other, the, some of the other crops are, are not valued as highly. But then, of course, olive oil does fetch good quality. Virgin olive oil can fetch such a good price. The other crops too I mentioned are apples um, uh, and I mentioned in my previous podcast that many of those one sees just laying down in the road because they're obviously not valued and not, do not, don't have such a high price as, as oil so they're not gathered in with such gusto. 
So this is a crop, as I said, which, which doesn't really mean so much to those people that are collecting it in. I haven't learnt any of the phrases, unfortunately, from Aquarilla Colocrota, although I, I think I should, should try and, and I will get in contact with the Camorne to try and learn a few more. And perhaps, perhaps later on I'll do a podcast about the languages and dialects, the, 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 because that's another incredible thing in Molise. Each little village, each little town has its own variation of Italian and their own dialects. And there are these wonderful phrases which, which mean so much and until you really concentrate it's really quite hard in fact it's, I suppose virtually impossible when you can speak Italian even reasonably well to understand these dialects unfortunately very sadly these these things are disappearing and not so much in an area like like Colia Croce or Aquaviva where where it's where it has become part of their lives as as, as it is two distinct languages I'm talking now about the the dialects the dialects in each village between the two villages um, that I live, Castelbottaccio and Lucito, the, the dialect there varies. It's quite different. And still I would have to, I would, I would be able to go down to the village and that's something which I'll do on another day to, to find people who will speak to me in the dialect, who'll tell me how to say certain things. But, but this, as I said, is disappearing. As, as sadly the population is in decline, in this area, um, the younger people are learning Italian. They're learning English. They're using so many phrases now, which which have bear bear no resemblance to their to 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 their to their dialects, which very much were used to be part of their lives. But then this is again happening across the world. Sadly, we are losing languages all the time, and I feel that that's very sad because it gives the region its identity. In certainly in, in, in these particular towns I mentioned down here in the towards the coast in Italy, they, they are going to keep their identity, they are going to keep their own language, which again in together with with their with Italian will will give these particular towns their own identity. And I hate to see the other little towns, the other towns and villages in Molise losing their identity and losing their own language and dialect too. I know certain things are being done to try and keep this alive. There's certainly poetry written and sometimes um presentations and and events where the dialect is used. In fact there's something that's just reminded me of that uh, uh, New Year here. Uh, there's a village called Gambatese where they they walk around the village singing songs in dialect, which are basically insulting to the people they sing them to. And these can be about events that happen during the year, just to remind them. And uh, lots of different bands and, and choirs, literally groups of groups of people walk around the village. And this is something that's still carried on by the young people too. Um, and I hope to perhaps go to that again this year if it happens, although it may not happen this year. I went a couple of years ago and it was an incredible event. And this goes on all night. That's another thing about the festivals here. So unfortunately this year, due to the dreaded COVID-19, these, these events aren't happening or not in such, in such abundance. But, but, they, but these, are, these are festivals which you have to see to be believed. The town comes alive and everybody goes from... from, from literally a month old 
to to a hundred years old. Everybody in the village goes if they can physically walk or get there. They go, and there's music and there's dancing usually, and there's food. Food being perhaps number one on the list because food is important in Molise. And as I said, I will be doing more podcasts and and telling you more about the food here because you have to you have to love food if you live in Italy. It has to be number one on everyone's list. It's probably I have to say not number one on mine. Number one on mine is the view is is the beauty of the area the mountains the sea and just as i said in collier crocia aquavilla collier crocia the other day looking across from the hillsides in those regions where one can actually see the mountains and the sea and what could be more beautiful than that two places that really do lift your heart i've rambled on enough now in this podcast and i do hope you listen to my next one when i will be talking about the next little town that i visit If you'd like to know any more about the towns villages I mentioned, I do also write a blog and you'll be able to find the details of that on my website and on my Facebook page. I love Molise and I I just want to share it with you because it really is a little hidden gem although it likes to be forgotten. My website and my and the names of this podcast etc all refer to Molise matters and Molise does matter. Molise must matter. It matters now and it must matter in the future. So please share Molise with me today and on other occasions too. Thank you everybody and bye for now.